Welcome to another edition of the Capiche Filmcast. Stephen Barry here with my fellow co-host. Trusted. Sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, Loyal. Sure. Uh, yeah. Extremely handsome. Right. Who are we talking about here? <laughs> Uh, it's me, oh, Scott. Course, yep, Scott yeah. Armour is here. We're in Scott's office once again. Yeah. And uh, I would really like you to put on some clothes, Scott. Why? I just, you know, seeing you this closely. Naked. Uh, it's something well, I've been meaning to talk to you about. Right, okay. Right, so, uh, moving on. We are here to talk about films. Way. Hey. And uh, this podcast, we're going to do two sections. We're going to round up the first sort of third of 2018, the films we've seen. And then we're going to do a second section called the Deja Review. Review, review, review. <laughs> Deja Review, 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 review. review. <laughs> and, uh, Sorry, what was that? I have no do? idea. I kind of went <laughs> the sound effects guy kind of went a bit right, mental. Right. Uh, yeah, so that's, we've decided that we're going to have a, a separate section where we talk about a specific film from ye olden days mm. the ye olden days of 2006 Six. is, is <laughs> this this specific one we are going to round up uh, and talk about The Departed The Departed the, yeah oh sorry The Departed and uh, just randomly we both kind of wanted to watch it and talk about it it's a film that we've uh, I've not seen a lot I've only seen once on a plane when I was going to Boston yeah and um, yeah so we decided uh that's a section we're going to do where we talk about an old an older yeah. film. So mostly we talk about modern films currently in cinemas, yeah. but we do like the idea of just looking over some stuff from the past. I think that shows past. what we're going to do is we're going to each of us are going to choose a film that we probably know that the other has maybe only seen once and maybe maybe only seen it yeah, like a few years the, ago. The revisit essentially. Yeah. So I've, I hadn't seen The Departed in a long time, and as you say, you'd only seen it on a flight, so. Yeah. You're with probably, barely any sound. Aye, so you're probably not... Essentially, this would probably be your first time, it was a, if you want yeah, to call it that. Proper with my full attention. Um, so we'll talk about it when we get to that section yeah. in detail, but uh, let's move on then to our first section, the 2018 recap. Hmm. Uh, so in the since the last time we spoke, all those many years ago, yeah. uh, 2018, we had some great films come out. We had Free Billboards, Free Billboards Molly's Shape Game, of Water, Shape Molly's of Water. Game, I, Tonya, yeah. um, I think Coco. I think those five are are up there. Yeah, we, we kind of spoke of some of them on the film of the year, so we can yeah. we don't have to talk about them. What have we seen since then? Uh, you want to go first, Scott? Is there something yeah, you've just seen? Um, recently, I've seen uh, Hostiles, mm. which is uh, Christian Bale, and Christian Bale is a sergeant. I think I oh know he's a captain. Sorry, uh, in the army. And he's very, very bitter towards um, Red Indians. So it's it's the war, um, not a war, but it's that fight between the Indians and the American colonials. Uh, the colonials. Um, so he's he throughout the start of the film, he's what, saying, you know, I think there's a there's a guy that came from Washington, and he's he's, he's just going like that. Yeah, but you know, talking very. Um, you know, lightly about the war, but then Christian Bale gets his he gets his Dark Knight voice on, and he's very moody, and you know, is very 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 low speaking. You know, I actually found myself I had to kind of had to kind of squint to hear him a wee bit because <laughs> really? he's very very low and monotone. 
Um, obviously, it's he's obviously been told to portray it that way, where he's he just trying. It's to probably come. his own decision as well. Well, I think it's just as a film, as a film unravels. I think it's I think it was meant because he's meant to be this guy who has got no emotion or feeling towards any of the of the the um, Indians. You know, he's completely. Abstract they see them it. as humans. They no, see them as, no, they see, he just sees it just because he then explains about you know times where you know he's, he's seen people get cut up by them and you know ruthless and blah blah blah. So that he's basically tasked by his commanding officer that he has to. Um, so there's a, a chief Indian who's been held captive for seven years, but because he's got ill health, I think it's cancer actually. It's came from the president that. To, to, to try and get some kind of truce amongst the people. Um, has him and his family, who have they've been kept up, uh, captive as well, they have to be escorted to, um, I think it's Montana, um, by uh, Christian Bale. And Christian Bale at that point is very reluctant, um, and he says, I'm not going to do it, I'll resign. And the, the commanding officer sort of starts talking about his pension. So then eventually does it, um, you see at that point where you know Christian Bale's like okay he's going through the emotions he's playing the game there's a big period they all go away but as soon as they're out of sight from the commanding officers Christian Bale's gets the big chief off the horse gives him a knife and tries to get him to, to kill him type thing so he can he can just murder him but he can't murder him in cold blood he wants a reason so there's that he's very bitter you know, he's come across as very bitter, gets them in chains and all that kind of stuff. However, as the film does transpire, the their their party is attacked by um, red Indians who don't care if they kill other Indians, so they have to work together. And then it's a really really nice poignant story towards the end. Um, Rosamund Pike's in it as well. She's uh, the very start of the film that you see her family being. Um, mutilated by uh, it's, a, it's very dark it's a very grim start <laughs> yeah. a, a ba- she's holding basically holding a child and she survives because the child gets shot so it's very very grim and she's she plays it really well um, basically just just a, a woman who's watched an entire family been been, been murdered uh, and it's the very start she's, she doesn't really know who to speak to, how to how to be, but she kind of comes round and um, it's very very good. I, I I mean I don't know I don't I, I would struggle to put it as a four star. I think I don't know I don't know why I don't know. So you'd give it a three? Ah, uh, but see that's the thing because it's a three star. What would what's the the main issue you have? To me, a free can be a qualified recommendation, but it's got a, a significant flaw that holds it back from the, the four star, five star. That's just so, I don't know if it was Christian Bale's performance. I just don't know if I believed it. I don't know if it was too forced, and I knew before reading anything. I just knew he was going to come round and start trusting in the Indians. So there was in that in that initial. Well, I suppose when you set the character up seems so unsympathetic that to me, if you're going to have him as the protagonist, then he'd probably have to have something like that happen to make this film not just... just, Maybe it was just his performance just wasn't really that believable Mm. because he was so so almost laid back. See, 
Did you feel like it was putting on a performance and not being just the character uh, felt a bit too? Uh, it was. It wasn't natural. It wasn't natural. Yeah. I sometimes when I'm watching a film, if I feel like it's too, he wasn't. He wasn't aggressive. There was and, and nothing in his performance. There was no aggression. So say if this is the guy that absolutely hates these these Indians, he just he basically just passes him the knife, and it's all dead. It's all slow moving actions and it's so see if it was a bit more kind of like like throwing the knife at him or, or pushing them or trying to trying to instigate conflict between him and the, i could maybe see that there is anger mm-hmm. but there was none of that it was all very kind of he was still subdued so i don't know um in terms of the in terms of the the, the story and the, and the, the way the fit it looks amazing um the films it's visuals it's, it's amazing it's all back uh you know, Western um, America type thing. Um, very grim, very harsh. Not as similar to The Revenant, but there's 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 landscapes that you're and these guys are travelling on horseback. So then it's it's warm. Then the next minute there's monsoons. Who was it directed? Did you know? Scott Cooper. Mm, okay. Who the team? Black Mass. Okay, that was alright. Black Mass, Out of the Furnace. It was alright. <laughs> they're very three-star films. <laughs> uh, they're all okay. What other one? Crazy Heart. Never know. seen it. Austin Powers, The Spy Who Shagged Me. No way. I would say... I mean, I liked Black Mass. The Spy Who Shagged Me? <laughs> he did. <laughs> um, so definitely contrasting genres. Yeah. Is there any part in this film where... Britney Spears tries to seduce the character and then there's her nipples a, try and fire guns. There is a there is a part where there's a, a perplexed looking Christian Bale watching the chief Indian dance to hit me baby one more time. Okay, alright. Well at least And even even Christian Bale's tough exterior can't help but show that he's he's Is there a character called Fat Bastard in it? No. Right. No. Well, at least the guy can make other films, I suppose, then. Yeah. Don't have to have the same character. <laughs> well, that seems like a free star film to me. I, do you know what? I, I just don't know. It's, I, I hate using half stars. I would. I hate using half we stars. We don't do half stars here. I know, I know. Capiche, it's a strict rule. We don't have half stars. I think I think on that, then. I, Is I, it I a think... high three? Aye. <laughs> Essentially aye, aye, aye. the same thing. I would pro- do you know what? Actually, I'd probably give it four. Um, it's a low four, then. I would say it's a low four, right? Right. Yeah, you know yourself when I review these films, then a film can be a low five, a high, a high three, or whatever. It's kind of just missing the four star, but it still is dragged by. And I'm not saying he's. I'm not saying Bill's overall performance is bad. It's just right at the start, I just didn't really believe it was all too serious and it was almost like forced. But then it does become more natural. So I think it was just that at the start. I just didn't believe it, and I knew he was going to. I knew he was going to come round anyway. Mm-hmm. Like e- even without reading any reviews or even watching trailers, I just knew he was going to come round, and and yeah. So it was that, but a, a really good film. I'd still thoroughly recommend it. Okay, um, I'll go then with what I've seen recently. Yeah. Uh, Ready Player One. Not seen it. 
It's, it's, yeah, it's a decent film based on the book, and actually the screenplay was written by Ernest Klein as well. Alright. Uh, kind of a weird setup. The The book wasn't actually officially out, but the film rights had more or less been sold as well, mm. as if it was going to be a success, which is a strange one, you never really right. see that. So he then wrote the screenplay immediately after. Um, and the, the book, I've not read it. I hear mixed reviews about it. Mm. I hear that it's not quite as... Um, uh, is well written as you'd expect from a film that's been made or sorry a book oh, that's been made right before a major film, film yeah. directed by Steven Spielberg this is a film uh, that and the book as well it's about a kind of virtual reality world mm-hmm. set in the future 2045 where it's not really that far away is it? no well yeah I suppose not but um, VR seems to be um, more prevalent yeah heavily uh, and uh society the real life society is a bit more downtrodden mm-hmm. and um people trying to kind of live their life online yeah. to try and kind of get away from it yeah um so as steven spielberg obviously is directing and the funny thing is the book references his films right. in the past so it's kind of a weird circular thing mm-hmm. going on um there's at least three major references i've heard that the reference Steven Spielberg's films are, and there's the themes as well um, please tell me Jaws is in it I don't think so it's uh, it's a very pop culture referencing mm. film as well as so there is references all over the place yeah, right. you can see in the trailer it looks there's, a, there's one point in the trailer where you can literally pick out yeah a lot of characters from there's, the biggest games or, or there's computer know. game references from back I mean there's a, the whole third act is, is a sort of about Atari yeah. and um, one of these games Adventure I think it was mm-hmm. as well as all the way up through the Halo and Gears yeah. of War games there's, mm-hmm. there's guns that show up that only the geekiest yeah. nerdiest uh, person uh, would be able to pick out on if you f- you could probably stop every single frame of the film and you know, no, there's, there's a, the gun like from Halo, Halo yeah. Two. Yeah, that's Easter eggs is, is the thing that is the so that the, the plot of the film is the the main character um, is kind of trying to they're trying to win these challenges set by this game's uh, creator, mm-hmm. and the three main challenges involve going. I don't want to give too many spoilers because one of them is. In the middle part, amazing, one of the best sequences, mm-hmm. and it involves the players entering into a film that we all know. Right. Okay. And Is it Jaws. I'm not saying, but it's amazing. Jaws. No. Okay. You know what? Okay. Here's what I'll say. It's not Jaws. All right. Just get off the Jaws train. Right, I'm not watching it then. Get off the Jaws boat. No, I'm not watching it. <laughs> um. So yeah. There's references all over the place, um, subtle, some and and some not so subtle. Is it a Spielberg film that they enter? No, no. I think uh, they changed it for the the film because I can't remember what the the, the book one was. Uh, well, it's called the Oasis, the world. Right. Okay. And um, the players enter it. James Halliday is the creator, and he's created these Easter eggs for people to. He's essentially died, and his stock people can win his stock mm. essentially in the company that he created by winning these challenges and so the main character groups up with the other characters and they try and win these challenges mm-hmm. and um, yeah it's a really fun film um, heavily CG 
reliant. Yeah, it did look like that. Aye. Um, I, that's some of those is where I kind of lose a wee bit of interest. I'm becoming a bit more exact, ex- exhausted die. with die. the CG. I when I when I feel like the image has been manipulated to the point that I'm just watching, you know, computer game essentially. Uh, you know, a wee bit knackering. It's quite a long film. It's two hours and twenty minutes long, mm. and it does feel like twenty minutes could have been shaved yeah. off. I um, think that's that to me now that the two hours twenty. I think that does seem like a the standard summer blockbuster length now. Yeah, you know, it's like they definitely are pushing it. I don't mind it if it's good. Um, it's it's a fun film. It's worth seeing in the cinema. Yeah, if you're thinking of watching it, you should maybe see it in the cinema mm. because of some of the scenes. There's some like tiny little there's a t-rex in there from a tiny t-rex no no <laughs> there's some <laughs> tiny references but some are obvious like king kong and stuff yeah, like that and yeah. they just show up there's an amazing chase sequence a race sequence as well uh, all sorts of random characters i think the, what is it the iron giant is here yeah and i think yeah. that's the one that's that's obvious from the trailer there's a there's a character that's he's created like he's shown off his little original kind of um spaceships that he's got yeah. toy models of and there's like Sulaco from oh, Alien okay. and stuff like yeah. that. This is like really quick quick fire like uh, here's this, here's this, the Enterprise, here's this. Yeah, yeah. There's just enter- references all over uh, the shop. Um, so your geek will love it for that. Yeah. And you could probably, a drinking game would be dangerous uh, on the on that yeah, kind of scale, I think. Yeah, a lot I of think. would uh, Aye. Aye. Um, But it's, it's a fine film. It's so, it's kind of Spielberg directing and you know, it's quite interesting to see him go back to the family fr- family friendly, yeah. you know, future kind of the the sort of younger orientated yeah. film, not new uh, so the last film is the post. I think C Bonus, that was one of the criticisms of the post, but not because of the actual film, but just because of Steven Spielberg of of late has just been picking I, I like the post. I like it. His he, as he's got older, he has you know gravitated towards more serious films. Yeah, uh, World War Two, Soviet, you know, Russia spy yeah, films, yeah. Um, the Post with scan, the American yeah. scandals, things like that. I like those films. Um, they aren't the true story. It's, it's basically just yeah, okay, story. yeah, yeah. He's yeah, not they're not just, fictional. Yeah. There's no E.T. Jaws, no. Um, Jurassic Jaws Park. Yeah, well, it's what's gonna be. Yeah, so like. For me, Jurassic Park is, is my favourite of his films. No. I love it, and I would love to do it at some point, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I, I was talking Deja and a view of that. Yeah. Uh, I love Jurassic Park. It's the first time I realised what a director was. Mm-hmm. As a kid, didn't know, you know who made the film and what mm-hmm. they were. I just knew their name came up, directed yeah. by, and it uh, was, what does that mean? But understanding because of how good Jurassic Park was I was like what the director and realising what you know Spielberg was this name that's synonymous with great films Mm. and suddenly realising he was all over the shop with the great films Um, so yeah it was good it's good to see him kind of coming back to this more fantasy based film sort of more American you know shades of E.T. a wee bit mm-hmm. um, those kind of films yeah. uh, so that was good I like that about it I just think it goes on a bit a bit long mm. and I, my attention wavered in the last third but the first two thirds of the film are really good yeah. there's some great stuff in there it's best not spoiled right. there's one sequence in particular that is great because you don't know I didn't know what I was expecting mm. and um, I just it's best not saying right. too much about it 
So yeah, uh, I would say that's a solid four star film four for star. me. Ice four, middle four. Straight bang in the middle four. four. Um, I think, yeah. What could have made it a five length? The length as well as, um, the thing the thing about this film is, I'm not quite sure who the target audience is, right? Mm. So this is a film that has. Um, there were about 15 or something the age the mm. ca- characters the main characters good bit younger than me I find it hard to relate to these kind of characters yeah, now that I'm yeah, in my 30s um, not to say if they're not written well I will enjoy it Stranger Things and stuff like that mm. but um, but then the references go back to the Atari mm. so there's a lot to so is he trying to just so it's kind of like a, everyone it's, uh, kind of, it's a family film uh, it's for everyone uh, so that's maybe maybe it's not it shouldn't be a detriment because it's for everyone maybe, but it is kind of it kind does of, feel like there's contradicting kind of viewpoints here it's here's the 30 year old gamer guy yeah. should, should get the Atari references right. and stuff and then there's like there's Twitter jokes and you know mm. Twitch and yeah. all that kind of weird current right. stuff going on maybe he's trying to maybe he's trying to capture the imagination that's probably lying dormant for a lot of kind of adults who have, grow, have grown up through all that sort of time and now that they're kind of you know businessmen or whatever they just don't they're not interested in games or they've forgotten about it there's a great sequence you just reminded me i haven't mentioned ben mendelson is the villain in this film right and we've seen he can do a great villain yeah. in rogue one yeah there's a sequence um yeah it's probably best not okay i'll just say it but he is trying to uh get to the main character and get him to give up something yeah. <laughs> trying to get around this without saying too much but um he's on a call with them mm-hmm. and he's trying to show that he's hip and cool right with the lingo mm-hmm. and can relate to this character but he's got like a team of guys on the other phone that are like telling, telling them stuff and it's quite funny because he's <laughs> it's ben Mendelsohn clearly not that and he's trying to, it's it's really well well aye, done scene. Well done. um so he's got these like it cuts to them and they're like kind of look like proper uh, uh, gamer types uh, that are like telling them about Ghostbuster references uh, and things like that he's got to kind of do it on the cuff it's really uh, good really good scene um, highly recommend I think you would like it I think it will um, I'm surprised you haven't actually seen I know, it. I know. Um, but yeah definitely a good solid four star film cool Ready Player One so anything else you want to talk about uh, probably just briefly on uh, Natalie Portman's uh, film Annihilation I think was originally going to be set for cinematic release, but then the, uh, Netflix got it. Mm. Um, it's an Alex Garland uh, film who he directed Ex Machina and 28 Days Later. It's a strange film because uh, if you've never seen Ex Machina, um, you know that that's a strange that's a strange movie. Uh, this is this is probably a lot more stranger. I think um, there's a set up the, the, the basic premise there's a extraterrestrial thing that's happened so and it's basically engulfed a section of, of forestry land and this big sleep almost like bubble if you want to call it that I can't remember what they name it in the actual film uh, but basically when you, the army have sent in uh, you know groups to go in and see what, what's actually happening in this place. Um, and what, what it is, is, is it, it's, uh, as I say, it is extraterrestrial, but it's, it's mutating the, the landscape, it's mutating the, the 
creatures um, or animals that are already in there, and what it's doing is it's 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 doing the same to humans. So it's almost like terraforming, um, and this shape is getting bigger and bigger until it is, uh, essentially it's going to take over everything as what what they think, um, and yeah, and I'm not again I'm not saying too much about it, but I mean it, when it finished I, I, I was like. I don't really know. What, I don't really know what to think. Do you know what I mean? Like it just said that kind of really. You just, it was there was parts of it were really unsettling, rather than horror or anything like that. But you just felt really uncomfortable, um, but in a good way. Yeah. Okay. It wasn't. It wasn't uncomfortable. Like I, I'm really uncomfortable because I'm not enjoying it. It's like, you know, you know, mu- the music was uncomfortable, and and what you were watching was it was it was grim, and it was just like. But it's good. It's, I'm intrigued as to know what this is. I've been told a similar thing from someone else. Um, said I should watch it, but they didn't want to say much about aye, it. Aye. They just kind of said you should watch it. Yeah. It's just weird. It's um, kind of the same with Ex Machina. It's Ex Machina makes you feel really uncomfortable, mm-hmm. but you can't keep your eyes off it. Yeah. Um, and it's similar to this. And again, if you start to go into what actually is, you probably would give it away. But um, Natalie Portman's good. Uh, Oscar Isaac's in it as well. Um, he was an ex machina as well. Um, the, yeah, I mean, I, I, I enjoyed it. I, I would probably say it would be a three. I don't think I would give it a four star. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's as good as um, I don't think it's as good as some of the four stars that's out there. I, I would definitely give it a three, but I'd say it's a I'd say it's probably a mid to high three. Okay. Um, yeah, and I really, I really, really enjoyed it. Again, not overly CGI. You kind of had this like. I don't know. Just mercenaries, or they're not really mercenaries. Actually, they're just, they're just some of them are scientists and some of them are mercenaries, um, and they're in uh, like a jungle. So you know, part of it kind of felt a wee bit like the first Predator film. Almost, you don't really know what's coming around the corner. And you, they don't know what's coming around the corner, but they probably know they're being hunted by something. Um, <clears throat> and there's a couple of really good scenes where um, they are being hunted. Uh, it's at night and then it does one it's during the day they're in water um, so yeah I thoroughly thoroughly recommend it in fact I'd probably go as far as saying it's probably the best Netflix film I've seen I think that's probably what I would let's what's it up against this year the um, so Cloverfield oh god it's, oh, it's mm, I don't even think I want to talk about Cloverfield Paradox <laughs> it's that bad right okay we'll skip past it uh, it 100% is better than Cloverfield Paradox right. and okay. the only thing I would say about Cloverfield Paradox is do not waste your time on it right capiche review aye don't aye. waste do time do not on waste it. your time on it uh, and I would it? always try and see the benefits of a film and try and argue the pros and cons there's no pros to Cloverfield okay. Paradox alright uh, is that a one star review for you? I would say aye in really? fact I would say it's a, it's a low one a low one. It's a it's a mid, it even, it's a mid was it, zero. Was it not was it not even in focus? <laughs> no, it was so bad. <laughs> was it, it was so bad. Um, you'd probably say you'd probably say two because of the 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 look of the film. It did look quite good. In fact, no, actually, it's a one star. <laughs> <laughs> it's a one All right, star. we'll leave that one. Uh, what I, what I, the other one that I'd seen was a film called The Titan, and it's um, Sam Worthington film, um, and it's basically about. Uh, Humanity is trying to get off Earth because Earth is is decaying. Um, 
and they think that if they go to Titan, the moon, um, that I think it's Jupiter's moon, um, or is it Saturn's moon actually? I can't remember. Um, but the the atmosphere in Titan, if they genetically enhance or modify a human to be able to breathe that air, then like humanity would then move to Titan, right? However, what they do is, is that they sign these soldiers up and um, they start to genetically modify them, but they don't tell them what they're what they're being modified with. So it's it's like animal DNA. Um, so essentially, what they do is they basically create a new breed of I wouldn't necessarily say human because they don't don't exactly look human, but it's a new species if you want to call it that, and that species is going to you know continue on Titan. Um, there's a lot of kind of there's a lot of kind of deceitfulness. There's a lot of kind of you know it's a, it's quite slow actually. There's not a lot of action in it, but when the action happens, it's actually quite good, and you're and you are looking forward to it. Um, but I would say Annihilation is is hands down a better film um, than than Titan, and that's what I would probably compare it to because those two have come out recently at the same time. Um, so yeah, I'd thoroughly recommend Annihilation, but I'd, I'd say Titan's a good film as well. Okay, we'll do maybe one more roundup. In this uh, film in this roundup section, is yep. there any, any films you want to give some props uh, to? Notable mentions. Uh, I've seen uh, Twelve Strong recently, which is Chris Hemsworth's uh, uh, film, and he uh, is and who was it? Who was uh, Michael Shannon's in it as well? Actually, um, it's a really good cast, and the it's a true story about the the twelve uh, horsemen soldiers who were the first. Counter strike against the Taliban after 9/11. Um, it's pretty much what you would expect. It's very tense. There's a lot of um, you know fight scenes in terms of you know them tactically against the, the Taliban, uh, etc. So um, as I say, it's based in true story, and some of it is grim, and some of it is really tense because you know it happened. Whether it's not it's exaggerated for the big screen or whatever, but I would probably say. You know what you see is what probably happened here. Um, it's a crazy story, actually, given the fact that twelve guys went in, um, and the twelve came out, uh, and the the fights and the battles that they were involved in, how they managed to get out, um, is pretty much nothing short of a miracle. So it's basically just showing that. Um, so I thoroughly recommend that film. Uh, really good. Uh, and what would you give that? Uh, I'd say I'd say a four star. Yeah, there's no way it would be a three star. Um, but not quite good enough for the five. No, no, I wouldn't say it's a five star film. Uh, the one that I one that I, I would probably say would be a two star uh, would be Liam Neeson's new film, The Commuter. <laughs> um, I mean, that's do you know a... what? Actually, see when it, see given given he coming him off the back of uh, like non films like Non Stop. Right, Walk Among the Tombstones. That was a bit. That was. Do you okay. know what? Actually, I didn't mind Walk. That was a bit of a star film. Yeah, I, I wouldn't mind Walk. I didn't mind Walk Among the Tombstones. Um, this one is. This is the same guy that's done nonstop. Yeah. Screamed two stars. I think it was two stars, and it was in the poster. There's a, there's, uh, there's parts of it where I thought, do you know what? This is actually not as bad as I thought. And then the next minute, you've got a CGI Liam Neeson jumping off a jumping in between two trains, crashing, 
I, I'm just like, no, stop it. Liam, you're a, <laughs> you're a 70 year old man. Stop it. I think he said now he's going to stop doing these films. Oh, just, so maybe he's just heard you saying that. I probably, I, I hope he does because I really like Liam Neeson. I just, he, he's good at, I think he's great at a certain character. When he starts to do the whole action thing and, and fight like Steven Seagal, it just, it was good to a point 10 yeah. years ago, but with yeah, Taken, I think but with it's those just... original Taken films, it was fine. It was kind of like, oh, cool, awesome. This guy's got some action chops, but now it's like, come on, every, man. Every film he did after Taken was basically, he would wear a long leather jacket, mm. and he would, and he would whether whatever situation he was in, whether he's on a flight, or whether it's his daughter getting taken, or whether he's on a train, he is literally playing the same person. Uh so I wouldn't recommend the commuter, but if you want to just see, see to be honest, see if you just want that kind of cat and mouse, you know, popcorn film. Then mm-hmm. fair enough. It's, it's it's decent, you know, action and all that kind of stuff. But um, no, definitely too stuff. Before we move on to the, the the final section, I'll just want to give a very quick fire summary roundup of the films I have seen that we have spoke about kind of previously. Mm-hmm. Um, three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. I've given five star yeah, review to. Yeah. Absolutely love this film. Yeah. Amazing uh, performances all round. Amazing tone. This was a film that just took you on a ride, yeah. and it, I loved it. Yeah. Everyone I've spoken to also feel the same. Uh, so that was a five star review. Um, I, Tonya, I also really loved I, Tonya. So did I. Um, I've fact, given you know, us five I think stars. I, I think I remember saying to you, like, it's, I kind of got a, a almost sort of Scorsese feel to it because of the, because yes. of the humour and the way that it's the, the, the narration Aye. Uh, is that sort of like... Wolf of Wall Street yeah, type thing. Yeah. Not as, not as hardcore as Wolf of Wall Street, but... I really liked how they done it. Uh-huh. I really liked how they done it. I think Margot Robbie is a force to be reckoned with. Uh, I think uh, she's phenomenal. We've seen her play so many different types of characters. She's a great actress. Uh, she is. She is actually a, a really good actress. And, and, and the supporting role, um, Sebastian Stan. Uh, oh yeah, no, I was thinking. Well, he is good. He is good. Or um, mum, the the Alison Janney. Yeah, Alison Janney. Who I... I'm I'm a big fan of hers from The West Wing. Yeah. But seeing her in this role was. So she's different. she's she is savage. So unlikable. I mean, she's savage um, towards her. It's like she's she, and, and, and I hear very uh, apparently very true to how no? the mum is and a lot of that stuff. The way uh, they've captured those characters mm. really well from the footage that I've seen. Uh, but now you've there's points where you just feel so sorry for the girl, and I think it's I think it's before she's about to go on, and she's crying. But she tries. She's trying to compose herself. And oh make, yeah, make one. and that is it's just exactly like, what happened. It's just crazy. It's amazing. I love the film. Um, it just misses the top spot for me at my my, my film's issue. Oh, three billboards. Three billboards. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It came out unfortunately the same year. Otherwise, yeah. I think I told you. Have you seen Shape of Water yet? No, oh, it's no. a major blind spot. That'll be a that'll throw a span on yeah. the books. I'll need to. There's a few films I've missed that I need to to watch. Yeah. Uh, my other film, The Post. You, I, I loved, I loved The Post, but I think it's having a background in journalism. I, I've got a bit more of a um. Not related, but I just feel like it touched a lot of the points that I really liked. You know, Maybe. when journalism was was not the the type you see now. I when it was important. Of, it was a bit was more crucial. important. It uh, was. I mean, there still is important journalism going. Not to say there isn't, but 
what we know now in, in this, this Twitter generation. I think, was, I think the thing with the post is that there was no, at the time where there was no, you know, you, you couldn't just open your phone and get the information. Mm. It was it, was, it all had to, it was all deadlines and it, it all was, had to be right. And it, it all had to be well out. cast. Tom Hanks, a great, great, um, raining a great yeah. performance with Meryl Streep and things like that. I, for, I, I watched it and I had a smile on my face nearly the entire film. There's only one scene towards the end that I thought was a bit cheesy. Um, I just thought it was a bit didn't need to have it the Watergate it was the scene when no I didn't mind that I didn't it was a kind of almost like like, kind of almost like like setting it up as if there's going to be a sequel uh, I just then I thought I didn't "Mm." didn't mind that I quite liked that but no the sequel it was just one little line that I was just like "Eh, it doesn't need to be it it was when um, Meryl Streep is uh, I think after she's she's about to she's in the courthouse or something Mm -hmm. and she's about to she walks past this like secretary for or someone that works for the the opposition or the the, the person turned to her and says I hope you win kind of thing I just was like oh, it's cheesy mm. yeah I just yeah one cheesy line in the whole film but I like the rest of the film uh, very quickly what did you give that four five I gave it initially four but the more I thought about it I might move up to a five I was a four it's a high four for me or a low five no I was a four I just I think it was just a subject matter. I just didn't think it. So you called it, it when the, when I listened to a initial podcast. You called it a, a, basically a film about people t- in a smoky in a, room a talking. Room talking about it. I very reductive. I, know, I, know. <laughs> I just think I just don't think it was a. I, no, I, I, as you say, you've got a obviously journalist degree and passionate on, about it. Yeah. For me, I knew the end, I knew the end of the story. Mm. It just didn't seem as if there was enough dialogue to fill a two-hour film. Again, not even enough dialogue, but I just didn't think there was enough to, to fill a two-hour film. And it, and again, it's, I'm not saying it's a bad movie. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying that the, was there for me. I just didn't really seem feel as if there was a purpose for that story to be told the way it was told. Almost like That's it, fair. you could you could have almost have had you could have almost have done a couple and you could almost have had. You know that scandal. You could have had the Watergate in the same film. I just don't think it was enough for a two-hour film. On fair um, enough. It's, I mean, we're arguing about the, the sake of a half star. Essentially, yeah. we're both more or less agree in the film. But um, yeah, it. it I you can't take. I still can't take anything away from the fact that it was acted amazingly. Yeah, you know, and then like. As I say, the, and the look of the film is good. I love the music. If you know, it was Spielberg, but it, I think it was a John Williams score, mm-hmm. or it felt like a John Williams uh, score. Um, the music had this kind of classical Spielberg yeah. feel to it, which I really liked. Um, so yeah, I think some of the tracking shots as well, I mm-hmm. really enjoyed. There was a lot going on that, to me, from a directorial point of view, I, I really enjoyed it, mm. and I took more from it. I think it hand, handed by some. If it was done by somebody else, it might not be mm. as good with that subject. But I think with his style, yeah, um, I think brought it up because maybe you're right. The plot, the story, isn't maybe as relevant. Not relevant now. But it's relevant. But it's, it's just we know. It, you know, it's, was was it enough? Mm-hmm. I don't think so. In fact, you know what? Just quickly, I know I completely forgot about this film. But you need to see Phantom Thread. Yeah, I know. It's Daniel Day Lewis. I was again. I, t- I talk about the post been been a subject matter that's not really that interesting, or in this film it's not. But my God, 
when I hear about this film, uh, not the Daniel Day-Lewis part, but just this, the subject, it doesn't get no, me no, excited. That's what I'm saying. And I was the same. But you are absolutely captivated by his performance. Yeah. He's, you cannot you can take never, your eyes off him. You can never count him out. Um, very quickly then, just briefly on the others, uh, Coco I loved yeah. and thought was amazing. Visually from a point of view, I think that is going to be a strong contender at the yeah, end of this yeah. year. absolutely loved the, the visual uh, story as well. And the story yeah, is very story touching. Well. Um, first ten minutes or so, it took me a while to get into it and kind mm. of get into it, but as soon as I did, it really struck. Disney back on top four. Yeah, um, very... You know, it's it's short enough. It's not too long. Doesn't yeah. um, uh, it's a great film for everyone involved. Mm-hmm. Music as well is amazing. Yeah. Um, just a nice heartwarming story, and will leave you kind of emotional at the end a little. It was quite touching. Uh, and um, Black Panther. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, really like Black Panther. Yeah, and I think we spoke about this one. I think on the film of the year, mm-hmm. little. Um, it was a it's a cultural moment we've got you know the Marvel Cinematic Universe with our uh, first black superhero uh, directed yeah. by a black director as well as nearly all cast and crew yeah. great film so yeah that's but even that aside it's still a still a great film it's still a good uh, you know mm-hmm. yeah it ticks every Marvel box and in terms of MCU it ticks every box in the and uh, what you would expect from yeah. a Marvel film uh, humour action um, you know, ah, everything. Easter eggs for other films and tie-ins to other films and all that kind of stuff. Um, really good. And uh, Michael B. Jordan's a tremendous bad guy. Such a good, such uh, a good baddie is killed. And uh, if you think about it, you know his 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 motivation wasn't exactly something you you know he was what was it? His father was murdered and he was left behind. In the suburbs aye, of like uh, this poor area yeah. of America, you can kind of and, and if you tweaked a couple of things, mm-hmm. the film could have been his film and he would be the protagonist. Yeah, because it could be the the subject would be him trying to get revenge or, or seek justice yeah. on the rich. Well, I think that's what it privileged. Is. What what has what has <laughs> Black big, Panther uh, character? What has biggest problem was is that he went a bit far he was, well, a, bit, he did. He was a, aye, a homicidal aye, maniac aye. but his, his biggest problem was and he says it at, at the end when uh, T'Challa's going to um, T'Challa's uh, he can save him because he's been he's been stabbed but T'Challa can save him and he says uh, are we about to do spoilers for this by the way aye <laughs> spoiler alert, spoiler alert. Aye. Aye. So he says something like, um, T'Challa says, we can get you, we can we can amend you. But then Kilmerger says something like, I'd rather, I'd rather uh, choose when I can die rather than live my life in bondage. So Killmonger, Amazing Kill, line. Aye, Amazing. Killmonger's biggest problem, and I can, I can see where he's coming from, is that the Wakandans and the Kings have kept this community of black people which is thriving away from everyone but he's seeing his people his his black people in other countries being you know really really you know targeted for racism mm-hmm. you know not been able to vote through the, this is talking yeah. about through the years yeah and his mind, his system. mindset is why are you not helping your people yeah and it's and it's like it's amazing i get that yeah but it's like you're going to the extremes to get that message across, but it's like, I get it. Yeah. 
I, I, amazing, well-rounded villain, and the best I would say probably the, the Marvel Cinematic Universe arguably has had. Well, some of their villains have been relative. That's when they've well, been. Well, I think we, we were talking off air again previ- uh, earlier on, and it's it's you're looking at films like Iron Man three when you had Guy Pierce, and then you've got the Mandarin, and it was uh, what's his name, uh, bald guy, sexy beast, Jason Statham. No, sexy beast. Um, <laughs> What's his name? Such a famous English actor. The guy that's in... I think. Why can I not get his name? Uh, Mark Strong? No. He's bald. He is, he is bald and he is English. You're and right. He's a sexy beast. He is a sexy beast. Can't remember his name. But anyway, um, Mandarin was such a weak character. And then uh, Guy Pearce is... Uh, oh God, I can't even remember his character name in it, but he's... Such poor. It was a poor film. It was the worst, worst Marvel film for me. Anyway, is Iron Man three, um, and there was really weak bad guys in that. Even Iron Man two actually with Whiplash, Mickey Rourke is Whiplash. I think Thor two, Thor Malakesh is one of the ones. He was are, he was poor as well actually. Um, um, so they're, they're they're not the best. Their villains no. have not been the best. It's probably one of their major. Mm. The threads that goes through those films is their villains mostly have been relatively weak. There's been some standouts. Loki is obviously one of their best. Aye, aye. Um, but yeah, not to talk about them too much. Uh, that will be pretty much the the roundup phase, I'd say. Seven minutes. I know. You can always cut a couple <laughs> of those bits. Fifteen twenty minutes. It's a podcast. <laughs> anyway, okay. Let's move to our final segment for this podcast. Our deja review. 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 <laughs> <laughs> uh, sorry, is that twice? No. Well, that's certainly as uh, I. Was <laughs> <laughs> twice. In fact, uh, the first time I said view, 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 yeah. view, three times the same. So we're going to talk about this week's uh, selected film, as we mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, The Departed. Yeah. Directed by Martin Scorsese. Yeah. He's done a couple of films, I hear, that are pretty good. Um. Aye. He's, he's really, not bad. He's a young guy. Uh, a young, guy. Uh, young, young director. Uh, really up and coming. Aye. Um, or he was in 2006. <laughs> yeah. <at least. laughs> or not. In, in the, the 80s. Aye. Aye. Um, right, before we get started, what uh, star rating would you give it? It's either a high four or a low five. Oh, it's a five for me. What? Uh, I'm told. There there's, there's one thing about the whole script and narrative that, that bugs me. Right? But everything else, the style, the tension, um, the, the actors, the acting, and I love it. It's, it's, it really does tick all my boxes for a, you know, crime. It's, it does tick a lot of the boxes I like. I'm a ma- we've spoke about this in podcast before. One of my favourite films, probably favourite I see, is Goodfellas. Goodfellas, aye. So, and Who it, directed I- that? Uh, I think it was that guy. Oh, what was it? Marty? Marty Scors? Marty Scors. <laughs> <laughs> So, like, Goodfellas, I love. Casino, I love. Yeah. You know, Raging Bull, I love that. Um, Wolf of Wall Street, these are all... This guy has done... Ah, yeah, like, his nice. back catalogue is nice. tremendous. Nice. Um, the Departed's one of the ones that... I, oh, I spoke about this before. I only seen it on a plane. Mm. I missed out on it when it came out in 2006. Yeah. And going to Boston, you guys, a couple of my friends pretty much were saying... 
you need to watch right, this film. Yeah. So I watched it and I was like, yeah, it was pretty good. Mm. Um, it fitting, going to Boston, stuff like that. I mean, I'm a massive Jack Nicholson fan. Yeah. And Jack Nicholson coming back to do the villain role yeah. as a gangster yeah. as well. You know, essentially a loose character based on yeah. Whitey Bulger. Um, was was fine. It's great. I mean, you look at this cast as well. This is DiCaprio before you know. Well, it's kind of right at the, his sort it's of renaissance when he started doing aye. a lot of the kind of cool serious films, not that Man in Iron Mask type roles. Mm-hmm. Um, it's Matt Damon. Uh, you know, Mark Wahlberg. Mark, Mark Wahlberg's Wal- amazing in it. I'm not the biggest Mark Wahlberg fan. No, I'm going to say this on the record. He kind of annoys me in some ways. Mm-hmm. I, I can recognise where he, he's done some great work. Aye. This film, I think, is one of his better roles every time he's on screen he's, uh, he's he plays a great solid. asshole aye, aye. and I think it's because in, you know you hear about him in life and sometimes maybe he comes across a bit like that aye, aye, but aye. he plays an amazing oh, arsehole fantastic like every line of dialogue is is and I love the, and aye. <laughs> I know it's, it's savage <laughs> I love the dynamic between so you've got um, Martin Sheen who's the captain and you've got him Dagnum Mark Wahlberg plays Dagnum, I think it is. Yeah, Dignam or Dagnum. Dignam, yeah. actually. Um, so, but the captain is very kind of, you know, oh, this is this is the way it's done. You know, he it almost it is good cop, bad cop, but yeah. it literally is it literally is bad cop, worst cop. Aye. With with uh, Dignam. I mean, Martin Sheen as well. Like, I mean, I, I love The West Wing. Uh, we mentioned yeah. it earlier, and Martin Sheen is just I love seeing him on screen. So having him in amongst all these. He's, in he's, fact, there's two things. There's two things that are, that that bug me in it. About the film? Aye. So wait, I thought it was a five star film. We've already got oh, two things that bug me. Aye, aye. I'm trying. I'm trying it's to, I'm trying to think. I'm not just going to sit and say no. It's five stars and that's it. I'm just trying to kind of highlight things that. I know a couple of things as well that I now would notice that I'd never have noticed in 2006. Aye. What would you say then? You so, were first. well, you would probably have noticed uh, location because I don't think it was primarily filmed in Boston. Um, I didn't pick up on it if I'm honest I mean only being to Boston for that week and a bit yeah, I, I didn't so. really I wouldn't know um, I wouldn't yeah I didn't pick up on yeah. that. Is it so not? the thing that the thing that that stuck out for me is most recent right so the general premise of the film is uh, Jack Nicholson uh, plays Frank Costello who's the you know, head of the. It's not the Irish mob, is it? The Irish mob. He's a head of a similar kind of, it, kind of thing. It, it is, but with a name like Frank Costello, I find that weird. I know. I don't know I why, because I was getting confused. I thought he was meant to be Italian. Aye, name. Cost- Aye. Costello was a, I think, was a a, a, a real yeah. gangster. But they all, so, they but all they've created a fictional character yeah. loosely based on Whitey Bulger, yeah. who implanted his own sort of raised mafia or. Yeah, mafia. Yeah, because it, well, into, Whitey, the, uh, into the FBI or yeah. the, not the FBI. Whitey Bulger was basically an FBI informant, so the the, the um, Costello turns out that he is an FBI informant. So it is, uh, it's loosely based on him. Um, we should probably say this is going to be a spoiler. Oh, no, it's without a doubt spoiler. Now. Uh, so, um, so the um, Boston police want to infiltrate Costello's gang. Uh, and they select um, Billy Costigan, who's played by Leonardo DiCaprio. Um, so he has to do some time in prison to make the background story a lot more legitimate. So Costello will bring him in. Um, however, on the flip side, is Costello meets with a young boy uh, called Sullivan, 
who he sort of grooms, if you want to call it that. Yeah. A, not in a sexual way. I know, he, yeah, I know what you mean. He grooms him in a kind of almost criminal kind of mm-hmm. way. And so he's played by Matt Damon. So Matt Damon goes through the academy as well. So Matt Damon's actually in a, a, a really good position. He is actually a good cadet. He's intelligent, you know, well, well-spoken. Um, if you say the Boston accent is a well-spoken Boston <laughs> accent. Uh, but he then works himself up quite high up in the ranks of the, the, the Boston police. I think it's the Special Forces yeah, or something. Yeah. Special. So, um, so Costello's got Matt Damon in that position but obviously the police have got Leonardo DiCaprio and Costello's um, and what transpires is this really good scene that's like cat and mouse scene between the two of them so the, basically there's these two moles or two rats that yeah. they like using so there's two rats that are in each thing and, and they then become infatuated at finding out who each other are so it's a re- that's a really good dynamic. It's based on the Internal Affairs Aye, film. The, the, um, Which I Japanese seen. film? Yeah. Uh, I, think it makes I think it's actually a remake. I think it's that actually is. classed as a remake. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so, yeah, that's the kind of basic premise. It's trying to get Costello brought down. Uh, and but the thing, so the thing that annoyed me, right, is that Costello, as soon as Leonardo DiCaprio's character, Billy Costigan, gets into his gang. There's talks of a rat in his gang. Ah, yeah. Right? Well, and it no, could be... The, I know there was... The I know there film was, is actually... It doesn't seem like it, but you hear from dialogue that years have passed. Like, a year have passed, aye, at least. Aye. DiCaprio's in that mole role for, like, a year or aye, so. At aye. least, maybe two. And... Um, but you don't you don't really quite know because it no, looks no, aye, the same. Aye, aye. Um, but the the thing the the annoying thing is and it's just such an obvious it's just such an obvious thing is that he's got this new guy. He's got the, the new guy and there's and there's all these leaks and all that kind of happening and nobody he, he obviously does allude to the fact that is it is it him? But and it, and the thing is Leonardo DiCaprio does some stodgy things. He does some. It's a bit when uh, Ray Winston. Uh, gets them all in the room and he says the boss wants you to write down your national insurance numbers and blah 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 and he wants you to wait in this room he acts really jumpy writes his stuff down and then leaves the room how blatantly obvious is that of someone who doesn't want to be there so I think it was just there was a lot of things that was just like of course it's him the scene as well um, that struck me in that similar way was when again, this is a major spoiler here. Obviously, after uh, Martin Sheen's character yeah, is killed uh-huh. off, uh, he's so standing then, right over his body. He's there. He was told on the phone by Mark Ralston's character mm-hmm. that the address where to go. Uh, and then he appears. However, after Mark Ralston's character gets shot and uh, is dying, he reveals to DiCaprio who. Nobody else can hear this. Uh, in, within the warehouse, the gangsters aren't really listening. Yeah. DiCaprio's kind of looking over him. He kind of calls him over. And he reveals to him that he told him a different address. Uh, so how did he know uh, to go to that address uh, if he wasn't already with Martin mm-hmm. Sheen and therefore the mole that they actually know exists? Uh, and then he dies. <laughs> really, um, but I, what I, don't, I found a bit kind of like, why didn't he reveal that to everyone? He's a, he, was a, he was an undercover cop as well. 
Oh, have I missed that? Have I missed that? So he, he, when he's dying, he says twice. Oh, of course. He, he says twice, why didn't, why didn't I tell them? Why, why didn't I tell them? Oh, well, that's over my head then. And then, and then later on, um, on a news bulletin, it says, um, undercover cop Jim Delahunt or whatever, uh, was found in the, in the marshlands. Ah, okay. So that's just me not picking yeah. stuff up. So um, he, he, he apparently was a plant as well. So he had two in. Right, well, but then Costello goes. Um, Costello just goes. Oh, the police are saying that because the the, the real mole is still here. So it's that paranoia. So again, it's that whole cat and mouse thing. So I, I took it from that that the police said he was just so that the gangsters thought that, but he actually wasn't. I th- I, I believe that he was. That's, I why, he, I, cause that's why I think he never told. That's why I think he, obviously that guy knew. Uh, Leonardo DiCaprio was the mole. Yeah, exactly. He knew, he knew he was like. But that's what I mole. thought he was. Not a police informant, but knew and just didn't reveal it to mm. everyone else, which is why I thought it was a bit stupid. So maybe the your version. I think I, I think he was an undercover. I'll need to name. Maybe look into that. Yeah. Um, the other thing that I noticed. I think he actually see on see on Wikipedia. I think he is actually uh, the trusted cre- source of Wikipedia. No, I think I think he's cre- I think he's credited as officer. Oh right, Some, okay. Uh, whatever, Delahunt. Let's just have a wee look at that. If so, I'll delete all this. Where I sound really uninformed about the film. <laughs> Who did you say, Mark Ralston? Mark Ralston as Officer Timothy Delahunt. Ah, okay, so I picked that up wrong. Um, but my my initial thing is just like there's so many things happening as soon as Leonardo DiCaprio comes in, his organisation and he's meant to be this super intelligent, not super intelligent, but he's meant to be this you know, crime boss that sees everything before it happens mm-hmm. and he just obviously can't see that. The other thing that I couldn't stand is Ray Winston's Boston accent. Mm. It's so bad. At one point he's shouting at a guy, he's holding a guy up and he just sounds as as London he's cockney, he's cockney as cockney as you possibly can. And yeah. I was just like we've always spoke about that when when you know an actor is uh, you when you know an actor's voice yet he's trying to do another voice and and if he doesn't nail it to me it's, it, it's very it's very obvious for me Martin Freeman doing the American accent I just couldn't buy it I'm just he's just because, too English because, I, because uh, you know him and like the most, office and all that most kind of English actors I, you know, I think they do great American accents great but for some reason he's a great actor I just didn't really buy his American accent no. but not to talk about that film yeah. uh, so they were they, that's the only two things that I would probably say on watching it again, I didn't really pick that up from the first time. But those were the two things that I would probably go. Maybe that's a maybe that's like a kind of. What did you think as well? This is the end now. I'm about to talk about, but when DiCaprio's character Costigan mm-hmm. realizes, no, he doesn't realize. So he doesn't know that. I mean, so I thought right, right. in the porno theatre or whatever, he uh-huh. had seen Matt Damon. And no. knew that he was the mole. So no. I was watching the film thinking, why on earth is he trusting him Aye. with his files? No, I didn't. He didn't but I, I didn't realise that he didn't actually... It was the baseball cap. He didn't Aye. actually see his face. So I think he sees just partially a side-on profile of his face, but uh-huh. it's not enough to give like a... He couldn't identify him. Um, so I read it initially as... I was like, why is this character so Aye. stupid? Because he was trusting him Aye, with his files and, room, you know, Matt Damon's giving it all. Oh, I can't use this computer. It's, uh, <laughs> Aye. it's Gold Kabloi Army. And then he goes into another room. And then... But DiCaprio does see him. He's already realised at this point 
the file, this you know, the citizens, the citizens ah, in really So he's realised this guy's dodge. This is the dodgy guy. Ah. And he goes through and sees him on the computer with his files and yeah. decides to just not confront him. I felt that the film that was a bit of a weird decision. I get possibly I like, know it's mean. like really would that would he really have done that? Would he because like, he was clearly he was going to delete his file. Yeah, uh, that was that. I was like screaming like, "Yep, yeah, there's your goes your file." But then what it, what it turned out is is that the the Costigan did break Sullivan because the thing about Sullivan is he's he's a, he's a slimy. Aye. so he would have got he would have got out it. He probably would because he's in a police station Aye. with he's, other police he's officers he's the, and Costigan's the one that they barely know. Aye. So I suppose if he was Aye. to try and argue his case, maybe I get why he's done so it. So that's why that's why when they're on the rooftop, Costigan contacts um, the guy who went through the academy with because mm. he keep he all keeps on saying to him he's like you know me, you you know me, you know this is you know them you know this is legit. So then we're going down in the lift. Um, Matt Damon's giving him like, ah, yeah, you try and prove it to a judge. You try and prove this. You try and prove that. And then after a while, you see Matt Damon and he goes, do you know what? Just kill me. Just just shoot me. And Leonard and Costigan goes like, I already am. But then I was not expecting him to get a bullet in his head when that happens. It's just, that's just a... Shocking moment. Whoa. I watched that with um, my girlfriend and she wasn't a big... She actually stopped watching halfway into the film. She was not into it. She's not a big fan of violent films. Yeah. Um, So... But I could see when she was doing other things but her attention came back towards Mm -hmm. the end when it started getting into the plot heavy stuff. And so she kind of overall thought it was okay. But the violence was major put off. Um... But yeah, we were both kind of. Like, I mean, I had seen it. I, I remember. I remember something like that happened, but I was still shocked when yeah. I seen it. It just happened so quickly. Aye. So this major character, you followed the entire Aye. film, and then just um, James. I think he's James Badge Dale. Is the guy that shoots him. Uh, then says to Matt Damon's character, "Oh, I, you think you're the only yeah. plan?" So they had another got, plan so as he, well. He was the other plan as well. And, and then course, Matt Damon just shoots him in the head because he's like, "Well, you you know my story, so you you can't know." Um, I just loved it. I just loved the whole deceit part yeah. of it. Um, and then the final reveal as well with you know Dignam, Mark, Mark Wahlberg getting the final say. Essentially. Oh, it was brilliant. Uh, what I liked about that scene was it was like um, a slight callback to Goodfellas. Yeah. And, uh, Mark Damon's reaction to a kind of it's almost like a sort of sh- kind of shock slash like like he kind of goes. Okay. Okay. Like acceptance uh, <laughs> of it. Here it's coming. Aye, okay. It's like when Pesci get killed aye, at the end, aye. and it's kind of what? His angry, of course, but that aye. kind of like a slight moment of realization, aye. like oh, I am screwed. Um. Yeah, I like that. I like that. I really love the subtle kind of. It's just we subtle things in the film. Is it just right before that scene to to show how much of a prick Matt Damon's character is. One of these neighbors is walking past with a dog. And he goes to pat the dog, but the neighbour like pulls him, pulls the dog away. So nobody likes this guy. Aye, you know, it's, 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 wee, it's wee things like that, and it's just, and then obviously he gets shot in the head. Um, well, I, yeah, well, I, I think just get. I think I, I don't know. I just loved it. I, 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 I'll say one more those, thing that I didn't uh, appreciate. I appreciate God, that's. I really like the film. Really like aye. the film. There's one thing I've noticed now. And I think it is a thing that is actually a theme of Scorsese's films. Right. He probably isn't the best director for women characters. What? There's only one notable woman character Fear in that Formiga. entire film. Yeah. 
And she is kind of reduced to just being a the girlfriend who sleeps with both guys. Uh, um, and it's a little jarring now when you watch it from the, the perspective of you know, especially with the, this kind of the Me Too campaign. Yeah. You can see why a film like The Departed is is a bit of a oh, it's very very it's macho. male dominated oh, yeah, macho. You know, there's, you know, there could, again, a, like, there could like, have been a, a uh, female character in there somewhere that it was a bit more three-dimensional to try and. Well, I suppose you've got the you've got um, Costello's either wife or girlfriend, who is again reduced to just nothing oh, but a just, sex slave. Yeah, and but, uh, but if you think on it, right? So fair enough. I think I think the 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 point of uh, Vera Farmiga's character, fair enough, right? But in terms of the wife. I probably wouldn't say that because they're trying to. Pers- I could imagine a, a gang leader or boss leader being that, like, derogatory talking derogatory to his wife because there's a bit where Jack Nicholson. Um, no, I think um, I think that that makes sense. I just think, in this, I get the I get the the, the setting. There maybe uh, there's maybe there could have been a slight more effort to try and get another. Uh, maybe the setting doesn't. You know, it's based on the whitey bulge yeah, stuff. Yeah. Maybe there was, it was a more male-dominated gangster. Yeah, there weren't many no. females in that, so maybe it would have been a bit forced. Mm. But I just, I just did notice it, and it is a complaint I think of a lot of Scorsese stuff. Yeah. Goodfellas had a bit. Wolf of Wall Street. Wolf of Wall Street. Oh. Um, they're the kind of the shrill wife essentially yeah. is the main thing that goes on. Yeah. It's. I love his films. I love the style and stuff like that. But I think it is—it's uh, one of the things you mm. have noticed now that I'm aware of this kind of aye, stuff. Aye. Um, I think it's all, again because obviously it's gone back. This is a 2006 film. Exactly. You know I mean? uh, like yes. Obviously, the movie business will change now, uh-huh. given that that's been highlighted. Think, so, and that's why it's a good. These campaigns aye. are good because it does make you think about stuff yeah. like that. But what um, you, what, so, what did you think of? Um, I mean, see, to be honest, that's pretty much Jack Nicholson's last main role. I liked him in it. Um, I think he was menacing. I love that. I'm not saying Jack Nicholson's dead. Aye, he's He may be coming out of retirement. There's always hints. I'm not sure what's happening with him just now. Um, But he's, you know, still officially, I think, retired. Um, As a final villain role, I think it is... um, I really liked it. I loved it. All he right. uh, steals a lot of his scenes. He certainly gets a lot of airtime. Um, mostly all warranted, I think. Yeah. It's Jack Nicholson being a really menacing Jack Nicholson. Aye. Aye. I love the start where you, the, you, you haven't seen see him. him. He's in, in the, the shadow. shadow. Aye. Uh, Aye. It reminded me of, and this is always a good thing, the first Batman Aye. film. Bye. The, the the Joker scene when he's in in, yeah. in, sh- in the darkness until he sugar comes in, he walks. Did you sugar yeah. bumps? Yeah, <laughs> sweet <laughs> sugar bumps. <laughs> I love that. I love that. So that was what I was like, you know, getting you kinda, uh, a wee kind of a wee bump there. Uh, what does he say? He says something about um, was when when you're when it's a bad guy holding a loaded gun or a cop. And then he leans in and he goes, "What's the difference?" <laughs> and the eyebrows. As, uh, yeah, point yeah. Up. All yeah. Right. Brilliant. Um, so I, I mean, the cast is amazing. This is. Uh, oh, I mean, it's we've got, and I even like. Um, Alec Baldwin. Oh, I like Baldwin. I, I really. I, I, like, I like Alec Baldwin when he says, <laughs> when he's talking to Sullivan, Aye. right? So he's talking to Sullivan, and he says he's wanting Sullivan to now look into everyone Aye. on the t- special task Aye. force, and he's kind of saying. 
look into the ones with the clean records. They're the ones that are the most suspicious. Uh, I mean, I've got I've a clean, clean record. record. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you've got a clean record. There's a bit, there's a bit that, again, I couldn't help but laugh. And they're about to do a raid on, they think they're going to do a raid on Costello. And he's so excited and he's so animated. And he walks past Sullivan and he says, um, he's asking him for a, a smoke. But he doesn't let Sullivan answer. Right? So he walks by him and he goes like that. Uh, aye, so he goes like that. Do you want to smoke? You know when you don't smoke? I go fuck yourself. And he just walks by him and that Damien's character hasn't got, he's not got time to answer because he's just sort of firing questions and then, but he doesn't even say no he doesn't smoke and he's like I go fuck yourself. It's just hilarious. It's uh, great. I, I, it's great, great stuff. I love you know the dynamic between we've talked about before Sheen and Mark Wahlberg I uh, love that um, yeah and Matt Damon the Boston accent I think he nails it he grew up in Boston so he, oh, aye, aye. he's definitely the big I, I one bought of... him as aye, that character um, it's great seeing him in that I, I was thinking about he's done, he's done a lot of quite good villain roles if you think about it I mean I mean it's a spoiler for this film because it's not obvious but Interstellar is a as um, a great role for yeah. him uh, and you know, it's not a great film, but Suburbicon is not the best. He's, he's, no. he's, he can play a great slimy villain. I think uh, it's just name. because he's. I think it's probably because he's like, he's got one of those faces that you probably wouldn't expect. He's, he's like very the, that plain. American. Um, I don't know what you call that. The sort of all American hero type. Aye, aye, aye. Uh, he kind of looks like, but then it, when clean you turn cut. it, clean cut American yeah. hero type, and you turn it on its head a bit, and it's he's a great actor. That's why you can aye, pull that off. Because um, he, he's he's a homophobic. He's a horrible character. He uses certain aye, slurs that are horrendous. Him. He's he uses horrendous slurs aye. to, to and, and, and like this oh, is the, guy the rugby is, team at the start. Uh-huh. Ah, yeah, that's what like, that is, it shows aye. you his character. This is a not a open minded character. No, he's a no. corrupt guy from the aye. off. And um, yeah, I really, really appreciate that. DiCaprio gives—I mean, it's a it's a performance that kind of relied on. You know, he draws on obviously like he, he's a character that's been through a lot with mm. his history, kind of his family, and things like that. And I think he's he plays, also trying to be this good American aye. cop. And then I think he portrays the the, the you you imagine yourself being in that world, but you're not from that world. Well, it, and you've got it, to uh, me, it was Donnie Brasco. Uh, that was like the Donnie uh, Brasco kind of situation. Uh, Johnny Depp's character, you know, becoming a bit like drawn to trouble uh, the more you're forcing mm-hmm. yourself into it, um, becomes more violent. He yeah. says horrendous things to people. Um, but yeah. But he portrays, see, when he speaks to uh, the captain and, and Dignam and even the uh, shrink, when he's talking to them, you can see the pain in his eyes. Oh, like he looks he's acting really. You, can, just, you know, his eyes are always the makeup people. They just make him look as well. Like Ellie hasn't slept. Aye, aye. Um, it's great. I really enjoyed it. Um, so tense. So mm-hmm. much. I think that's what I loved about it. There were so many scenes that were just so tense. It's the scene when uh, Costello and Costigan are in the bar, and Costello's like alluding to him that he's he's the rat. But then Leonardo DiCaprio's character tries to get on the front foot and and go, so you've accused me once, you've accused me a second time, see if you accuse me again, I'm going to put a fucking bullet in your head. Mm-hmm. And then Costello's character, he just, he just, you know, just gets a gun up and just points at him. But then you see Costigan's like, oh, fuck, what am I doing? Mm-hmm. And there's just that tension. And again, there's just that constant tension. Every scene that you're in with 
Costello and Costigan and all his troops is that this is, is this is a scene where he gets found out. Yeah. He never actually gets found out. So there's these are all characters that you just are on edge aye. with. Everyone's when on, on screen. edge. Because um, there's there's no trust, paranoia. Gangster films are always good for that aye. because there's this the rat thing. Yeah. Is Goodfellas had it. Um, you know, and that's that's what I love about them. Yeah. And the, they're the intense. And and Scorsese is is great at that. With, um, the sort of tracking shots and, yeah. and pans and stuff. He really knows how to 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 make it stylish but as well as that intense at the same time and um, his use of music I oh, really like the, the Irish music as yeah, well yeah um, like Dropkick Murphys mm-hmm. um, uh, what was the other things I love it I love it in terms of the sound effects there was there's a point where the captain Martin Sheen is talking to Sullivan and he's saying they're in a quiet room they're in the quiet room of the captain and then so, uh, Sheen goes uh Somewhere out, somewhere out in that office, somebody's the rat. And before he's, when he's talking, the the noise of a busy office. When it's out in the office, the noise of the busy office like kind of ramps right up, and then when it goes back in the room, it's silent again. I love things like that. That's, oh yeah, that's proper Scorsese right there. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, um, one minute you're in one scene, he's on, or, or he's on the phone to someone, and then there's like there's like loud music playing and then when the phone goes the music stops mm-hmm. and then somebody else starts talking I love all that stuff yeah it's saying. just the stylistic flourishes are, are and even, even the very end so when Sullivan's been shot and the camera pans up um, the other thing that say uh, other interesting uh, homage that he paid to Scarface see every death or mo- almost every death I think I read that I, I, I read that that's quite amazing I did not pick up on that neither did I until um, I think it was. I think it was when the DiCaprio gets shot in the lift. There's the there's the masking tape. Yeah, and there's the. the I think there was a graffiti. Oh, was that the masking tape on the the building for when before Martin Sheen's death? Mm-hmm. Um, so not someone in the lift, or is it? An, is that an X, kind of an almost X, X marks the spot type uh-huh. thing in the lift? And the, there's a hallway as well um, for um, before Kevin's. Uh, I think on the floor or the the pattern on the rug or something when mm-hmm. and is is all out. It's an amazing thing to you would never notice. No, no. When you're uh, having somebody point it out, it seems uh, really like, smart. That's, that's cool. But then the thing I loved as well was that when the, the the music's playing and it pans up and it's just looking out the window and you just see the rat running along. Ah, uh, yeah. I didn't even uh, pick up on that uh, until I, yeah. Uh, it's so good. It's amazing. Um, uh, I think for me, it's a, again what I'm saying about the plot. Now, now I see that, and I see it's a bit, it's a bit obvious that it's him. Mm. Um, and you know, it's like, of course, it's going to be him. Do you know what I mean? His dad was a cop. He comes from that background. It's co- of course he's going to be him. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, that was just a bit obvious and a bit like, yeah, you know what I mean. And but again, that was for me what re- watching it again. Uh, but I, I still think I still think it's such a solid film. There's so much tension. There's good action in it. It's I still think for me I would probably give it a five, um, even with Ray Winston's bad Boston accent. <laughs> uh, it's a great film. I, I'm torn between a high four or a low five. Um, I'm more tempted to go four, I think. But I think it might also because I've only watched it twice, mm. um, and it may be with further viewings, I, I start to really, really mm. appreciate it more. It won a lot. Does, of, it won a uh, best picture, best director, and 
I think I can't remember what else it won. It won a, it won a good few Oscars. Um, and Wahlberg was nominated for Best Supporting Actor. Yeah. It's crazy the fact that, because he's literally only in like he, four scenes. He doesn't have a lot of scenes. Aye. But he does steal those scenes. Oh, without a doubt. And his character is unlikable, but Aye. you know, he, he, you know, the intent, he's meant, he's a good guy, or kind of. Well, he is, aye. He's, <laughs> um, he's, he's, the intentions are... are and I, just, I, I think it is one of those, like I said earlier, it's one of those performances that I, I, did, I did like. I think it's his best for... Because Martin Sheen's uh, the captain, introduces him, and he's like, uh, Officer Dagnum's got his own unique... Yeah, <laughs> aye, I like that. It's that kind of laid back, he's used to him. Aye, uh, aye. <laughs> but uh, again that first scene where Leonardo DiCaprio is sitting in front of the two of them mm-hmm. and that guy is absolutely savagely yeah. just character bashing him just breaking him down yeah. and you see DiCaprio is, he's, he is furious mm-hmm. he wants to kill him uh, you know the eyes are watering and the watering is that bad but then Martin Sheen's just very calmly like oh, what is what, what? and then like literally talking over aye. him do you know what I mean like leaning over him Great stuff. Um, great stuff. Where would you, um, if you were to rank your top Scorsese films in, would it be in there? So say five or ten, where would it? For me, it doesn't make top five. I don't know. I don't think I was ready for that question. I think it's in my top ten. If I was to rank top five Scorsese films, it would be Goodfellas, Casino, Wolf of Wall Street, Raging Bull. Raging Bull's the only one I've not seen yet. Really? I've not seen Raging Bull, no. Um, and then... I'm trying to think of... Hugo? I think he did, yeah. Hugo. Silence? Aye. I wouldn't put it in my top five, though. <clears throat> I would. Pre- I think I preferred Departed Over Silence. I think I Departed Over Silence. Silence is more out there kind of mm-hmm. films. The, the Departed is a classical yeah. Scorsese film. It's all the hallmarks of what you expect from a Scorsese film. Violence. Mean Streets. Mean Streets is alright. Taxi Driver. Oh, Taxi Driver, God. Yeah. It's probably about equal to what I think of Taxi Driver, I think. Um, Casino, Bringing Out the Dead, Gangs of New York. Haven't seen it. Uh, I would say um, I would say that the part is better than Gangs in New York. Uh, so and the part is probably my fifth favorite of his films, fifth or sixth, I would say. Mm-hmm. It's in my top ten, but it doesn't touch those core numbers. Oh, part was, uh, and then Shutter Island. Shutter Island. God, like, that four films in a row was like Gangs in New York, Aviator, The Departed, Shutter Island. Yeah, literally, you know. Oh, DiCaprio. Yeah, they they, they the, And then a, Hugo a after that. Wolf of Wall Street, Silence. And then he's going to be directing the... The Irishman. Yeah, uh, the Irishman. Uh, actually... Yeah. The Netflix film? Aye. Maybe that will take the mantle of the best Netflix film. I Netflix hope it film. does. I'm really kind of worried for this, like in the sense that mm-hmm. it feels like a film that should be getting the cinema treatment. I know. These are I, film, I know. film stars, uh, you know, he's... Legends because it's all them, isn't it? It's, it's De Niro, Pacino, and uh, Pesci. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. It's going to be one of those ones where you just you just hope to God it's good. Right. Uh, yeah. I think that will kind of run down our departed talk. Um, yeah. There's not much more to say on it. Um, so you you're solidly in the five. I give it a five. I. 
I wouldn't I wouldn't say it's a top five. I'd probably say it as a low five, mm-hmm. given the again watching it and, and the the plot is a as a wee slightly bit slightly unravels wee, a wee bit. Aye, things. aye. Um, but I don't get it. It's still a great film. Great, oh, aye, aye. Great dialogue. Um, and you'd give it a high four. High four, I think. I'm sitting just now. Mm. So. That'll do for The Departed, and that'll do for this podcast. Well, you need to pick a film. What's, what film are we watching for the Deja Review next time? Okay. Uh, let me think. Let me give me a think. I uh, wonder if we should keep it, Scorsese. Do one of the... Um, or should we you. try something else? It's up to you. Again, a film that probably none of us have probably seen in a while, or maybe one of us haven't seen. Okay. On the basis that I only think seen it once as a child and have no real fondness for, but no, I should because everyone does. Mm. The film we're going to talk about is the first Indiana Jones film, mm. Raiders of the Lost Ark. Good choice. Because I have only seen it, I think, once if I have seen it. And I've I feel like I should it. watch it. I think I've seen it, but I think for me, because it's the first one, because like, the arc is the. the thing that the Germans are trying to get to in it. Right, so we're going to do the Indiana Jones Raiders of the Lost Ark as our Deja review uh, next time. I won't say next week, but we might be able to. Um, So we're going to look over that, watch that in between, come back with our hindsight review. Um, So travelling back to the 80s for that one. Can't wait. And um, we also are hoping to do another podcast very soon based on our watching of a very big film that's coming out next week, the Marvel uh, Infinity War film, yeah, Avengers Infinity War. So we're hoping to watch that and do an immediate podcast with our general thoughts. May or may not be spoiler ridden. We'll see how we feel. It may, I may have to. If disc- we can, if we can do it spoiler free, we'll try. We'll try. But it may, uh, we may have to give the disclaimer at the beginning. Uh, it could be a pod. And of course, because it's so new, we yeah. make sure you uh, you know going into it if it's a spoiler podcast. We're really excited for this film. Um, so yeah, I think that'll be that should be a fun film to talk about. Yeah. Right after we've seen the film. Okay, that'll wrap up today then. Uh, any final thoughts, Scott? Um, no. Well, that was profound. <laughs> 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 alright then we'll see you next time right. thank you thanks bye. for listening bye bye fucking half an hour podcast.